Okay, quick check, friend. Are you currently hunched over your phone or sitting up straight? You see, posture matters in the holiday season, and we're going to talk about it today. I'm Ruth Jo Simons, and my co-host Eve Stipes and I are so grateful to be kicking off a brand new season today on the podcast. We're two days away from December. How are you doing? Really? It's easy to get overwhelmed by the hustle and bustle of the season, but Eve and I are determined to encourage each other and hopefully you as well to pause and think about how to make room for Christ in our everyday lives this year. Grab a cup of coffee, lace up your tennis shoes if you're going on a walk, find your headphones wherever, however you're listening today. We're so glad you're here. So let's get started. Okay, so you already talked about it, but we are tackling heart posture today. And I'm actually going to start by reading a quote from your devotional, Emmanuel. So listen to the wisdom of your words. (laughs) Here's the quote. Posture determines our approach and the trajectory of any journey. It's the unseen rudder that directs the way we welcome any circumstance, any season. You know, that's so good, Eve. (laughs) Just kidding. But honestly, before we got on just now, I was trying to describe how much posture matters, right? Yeah. In our everyday lives, whether we've got our shoulders scrunched up and we're like stressed out (laughs) or we're sitting up straight or we're hunched over, but the posture of the heart matters. And then you were like, actually, I pulled a quote where you actually (laughs) wrote about this. Talk about it. And so, yeah, but it's the unseen rudder. It really, our posture determines how we're going to respond, what our steps are and where we're going to go and how we're going to do any next step because our posture will either affect whether we're operating out of super weariness or we're like, Hey, I prepared for this. I've trained for this. I'm ready. Um, And so that's kind of why we're talking about heart posture, right? Yeah. Well, and it will change how we receive things that happen in this season too, right? Totally. This, this season is all about there's a lot on the calendar, actually. Mm-hmm. But then how many pivots will you have to make in this month, probably, right? Where something gets changed or the date for that concert moves or you're suddenly being asked to provide cookies for some situation. And so when those things come into our realm of influence, our posture is really going to settle how we respond to them. It can either be like, oh, I'm so more frustrated, like that's so annoying. Or it's like, okay. I can receive that and graciously pivot. And I think you have to start by even identifying what the posture is, which is why a lot of times I just take a moment and go, quick check. Like, am I, because half the time I find myself sitting there and my brows are furrowed and I've got this like (laughs) tense feeling and my shoulders are like scrunched up. And then I'm like, wait, release. Okay. Wow. So like physically sometimes it's like that, but it's really good to identify. And the other day I left, um, I don't know if you saw this, but I left a question in Grace Lace Collective and I have a little corner because, you know, I'm the boss. So I have a little (laughs) corner called Ruth's Corner and that's just where I get to do like some of my live teachings and any kind of coaching videos and just ask some questions that I want to gather some uh, thoughts about. And and I asked, um, you know, what steals our joy the quickest or the easiest in our lives? Like what, what mm-hmm. is it that steals our joy in the holiday season? I think the majority of the women actually pointed out two particular ones that I mentioned. One was um, tension in um, immediate and extended family. So that's one thing. It's just that feeling yeah. of like, I long to have peace with family members, but 
every time we're trying and, and now it's getting harder. And every time these conversations set me off and, and so it's, it's that that can steal, steal our joy. And sometimes Mm -hmm. maybe that's us holding our shoulders really tensely as we walk into a scenario like that. And then the other one that the women responded to quite a bit in Grace Lakes Collective with the question that I asked was this idea of um, known and unknown expectations and how to meet them. And I think that that can be with home or with gifts or with like what will make our friends happy, what will make our family happy, what, and just that feeling of like, there's some expectations placed on me. And sometimes it's that I've put it on myself, myself, sometimes it's some invisible or not so invisible expectations because we're walking into a store and everything looks a certain way. So yeah, yeah, I, I, I was glad to know that I wasn't the only one. (laughs) Yeah. And our posture will change that for sure. How we react and how we respond. I think, um, in the book and in the prepare him room cards, both you highlighted six different postures, kind of what they are and maybe what we would hope they turn toward. And so I'm just going to list them off. One is expectations to expect it. So touching on what you were just saying, like the known and unknown expectations. Sometimes we're worried. How can we be worshipful? Sometimes this season makes us feel like we're lacking. How can we move to a posture of generosity? For a lot of people, the holidays feel really isolating. So how do we move to a posture of knowing that we are invited from stressed to grateful and from jealous to joyful? So gosh, even just Hmm. reading them out loud, I'm like, yep, check, check, check. I can see how that has fit into my life in the past or presently. Hmm. Which one of those kind of titles or like shifts resonates the most with you right now, Ruth, as we like look toward the holiday season. Yeah. And as I even look at the, the ones that I wrote, there's so many more, that's not an exhaustive list of things that affect my like heart posture every year. But I think, I think the isolated to invited is kind of a biggie for me. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe even in this particular season, I think from year to year, it might be different, but I think in this particular season, the, the longings of my heart, are to have true community. And a lot of times that's community in my local context. Sometimes that's community in my industry. That's sometimes community, um, even in my family members extended and, um, in the people that I feel and I want to be kind of in my life and yet not knowing how to, um, how to build that and sometimes feeling isolated for whatever reason. And it may or may not be because somebody else caused me to feel uninvited or, or isolated. But sometimes it is, it's sometimes it is that um, we find ourselves in a season where we feel isolated or maybe a little alone. And so this year, I think I'm going to be reminding myself to turn my attention. Even this morning, as Troy was walking out the door, he said, okay, Let's, me and you, both of us today, first thing, let's make a mental list of all the ways we have been richly blessed, mm-hmm. all the ways in which we have been provided for, all the ways in which we are loved and showered with blessing from people in our lives that aren't even our blood relatives and aren't even um, people who've known us for decades because we yeah. are fairly in a new community. And let's remind each other all the ways in which we are invited into 
um, God's care and love and real relationships. And so that's been really helpful too. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a couple from that list that stick out for me right now. One of them I think is lacking to generous. Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes my nature in general is to get a little bit anxious about finances or a little bit Thankfully, the Lord has paired me with a man who is always confident and he kind of takes care of most of that. But I always get a little bit like anxious about the holidays. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, so we're going to need to get gifts for these people and I want to. And or I feel lacking in time, like just like, okay, how do we how do I like love the people that I want to love well in this season? But um, yeah, that pivot to generosity where it's like open handed, reminding myself that the Lord is the one who will help me be generous and mm-hmm. thinking through creative generosity too. We're mm-hmm. actually inside Grace Lace Collective right now. We just started a workshop that's talking about the heart of hospitality mm-hmm. for the holidays. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I was, I just recorded a video about was thinking about how I can be generous as a heart posture in general for this season, whether that means specifically with like people in retail <laughs> right now, mm-hmm. like that's a really hard season for them. Totally. And so that's how can reminder. I be, generous in the way that I communicate with them? How can I be generous to the people that I'm going to see at like an office party, you know, not Grace Lace office party, but you know, like maybe for Cody's team at school. Um, how can I be generous in the way that I communicate with my neighbors this month? Yeah. Like, I just want to think about instead of feeling like I have to hold everything together and yeah. I have to hoard my time, my resources, my finances, how can I be really generous? And that doesn't mean spending a ton of money even, you know, but there's a generosity of heart that changes things. Because time is, time is costly. And I mean, you and Cody do such a good job of um, intentionally choosing to have people in your community over for dinner. Like I think about your life with three littles (laughs) and it could be so easy for you to be like, we have a bedtime routine and we have jobs that require that we never have anybody over because <laughs> we need time to ourselves. And there's a season for that for sure, right? To a yeah. season to like adjust and figure those things yeah. out. But I feel like that is one of those things where you're being super generous with what costs it costs you. It's a sacrifice to give up an evening and to have people over and to minister from your kitchen table. And I think that that when you don't have a lot to spend on um extravagant gifts. (laughs) I think just the generosity of extending the gift of time and the gift of hospitality is such a, is such a great reminder. Hi y'all. Camille here from the Grace Lace team. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the Grace Lace podcast. If you're enjoying today's content, you might also enjoy two products from the Grace Lace shop. The Prepare Him Room box set includes a card for each day to accompany you between December 1st and December 25th, featuring Ruth's signature art on one side and a verse, short reflection, and discussion question on the other. This box set is the perfect addition to your holiday decor and using around your dinner table. For short daily prompts that help you anchor your Advent season, grab a copy of Ruth's Advent Devotional, Emmanuel, an invitation to Prepare Him Room at Christmas and Always. This beautiful 25-day journey features a daily devotional reading paired with a question to ponder and a suggested Christmas hymn to worship with. Both the Prepare Him Room box set and signed copies of Emmanuel are available at gracelace.com. 
You can also download a free discussion guide for Emmanuel at ruthjosimons.com slash Emmanuel. And never fear, if you didn't catch all that, you'll find everything linked in the show notes for today's episode. All right. So, I mean, I kind of skipped over the expectations to expectancy, (laughs) the anticipation and having like a joyful spirit versus being like, oh, I'm already like expecting things (laughs) won't go my way. Um, Probably I skipped that one because I feel like that's like perennial. I feel like expectations is like kind of the thing that's always the issue, right? Because there's always an expectation for the kind of Christmas you'll have or the way your children will behave or how (laughs) your family members will treat you. There's always expectations. So can we for our friends who are listening in for their sake, can we we be honest and and start with a few expectations that, um, spoken or unspoken that, um, we probably need to lay down right now going into December. Well, I think one of the ones that I wrestle with in this season and you, I can't remember if it was earlier today or if it was maybe in the trailer for the season that we talked about is, but like that expectation of wanting to do something perfectly traditional with your family, you know? So Mm. I am at home with my kiddos when I'm not working and I've got a five-year-old and three-year-old twins. And so I always put this pressure on myself of like how we do it this year, how we celebrate Mm. Advent or Christmas this year is like, I'm setting it up for the rest of their lives. We'll do it the same every year. It's going to be our family tradition. And then partway through that feeling and like the angst that it creates, I'm like, Okay. Take a deep breath. Like release no, your jaw. The age like, of your kids. Remind everybody the yes, age of your kids. Five and three-year-old twins. So and it's like the they're thing. forming memories. Yes. And Eve, I specifically remember when my kids were that age, having that exact feeling because you think <laughs> yeah. to yourself, this is like when it's magical and I need to yes. make it so magical because they <laughs> won't have memories about Christmas I if I don't do it this way. Like if we don't decorate cookies the same way every year, yes. if we don't light the candle, we missed 10 nights. If we didn't read read an Advent book every night, we're in trouble. And you kind of worry that if you're not putting the flannel graph up or if you're not (laughs) attaching the little ornament, if you're not doing this, 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 if you're not doing the Jesse tree, like somehow you're gonna ruin it, (laughs) ruin it for them. And they're going to be worldly heathens who don't know Jesus was born. I know not on December 25th, (laughs) but like you just worry and worry and that expectation of being like, quote, a bad mom robs us of so much joy and then makes us yeah. like yell at people. Like, don't you love it when you're like, <laughs> I just want to have a beautiful, wonderful time. Everybody, this is the happiest know? time of the year. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And I think that I always get to it at like maybe like by December 10th where it's like, oh my gosh, I'm panicked. Like, we're not celebrating. What are we doing? And this year I want to like walk into mm. the beginning and say like, shoulders down, draw released. Like it's okay. We can celebrate this way this year. We can miss part of it. It doesn't mean this is how we're doing it forever and always. Like we can let traditions build and grow from what we like. I don't have to set it up and make it fit a specific path all the way through. So, and you know, back to, I think, I don't remember where we said this earlier on the podcast, but I I really do feel like my heart has always been, which is reflected in the book, Emmanuel, in the devotional, as well as in the Prepare Him Room cards at Grace Lee Shop, that it really is about how God is with us 
always. Mm, it's really yes. not about, wow, there is this exact number of days during the Advent Special season, time. or if you are a December 1 through 25 person, it is not, even if even if I created a resource to help you steward those 25 days to the heart of Advent, well, the heart of Advent is that Jesus Christ yes. came to save broken humanity, broken and sinful humans who could not save themselves so that we would know him and be with him for all eternity. That is right. the good news that doesn't end on December 25th. So if you're if you're listening to this and you're like, uh, this year, I don't think we can do anything. I'm grieving. I'm struggling. We yeah. don't have time. Our schedules are crazy. Whatever it is you're struggling with, I just want to say, even if you read one or two devotions, even if you're reading them in yeah. February, even if you do a, a, a story time on December 25th and you just pick one and you say, yeah, hey, I want to, or what I love to do is I I try to make my books really beautiful so that you'll lay them out on a coffee table. But <laughs> even if you just put it out on the table or on the kitchen yes. counter and just say, we're not going to be, um, we're not going to be like perfectionists about this. But when we have a few minutes, we're just going to yeah. open and we're going to linger long. And, and we encourage our kids to, Hey, flip through it and read the the prayer for today or read the yeah. scripture. And it just helps us reconnect and recognize like, it was always meant like Jesus's birth and the the whole story that we celebrate at Christmas. It's not, the magic isn't in what happened on that particular day moment in that particular manger. It's, it's that yeah. Christ came and he chose to come in a way that would um, remind us that it's not, he, he didn't come with, regalia and be and he wasn't coming as this king a worldly king he came to be king of our hearts and so that does not have to end when the christmas season when the lights come down you know yeah yeah and i think if we can really remind ourselves you know we said for this season one of our goals is just to help each other and you the listener pause and so if we can just pause even several times during the month and remember like this is what it's about. Jesus came and he's with us forever. Like just to pause and think about that will change the posture of our hearts. If yeah. we can come back to that truth and just let it settle into our bones a little bit. I think because what I, I mean, I got kind of like just even overwhelmed thinking about what it really means that Emmanuel is God with us. But I guess what I didn't finish off saying is that when I'm when I'm tempted to put it all into like the Christmas season, then I'm really making the savior or the hero or the satisfaction actually the Christmas season and not Christ himself. Mm. So what I'm actually putting my hope in when I do yeah. that is like Christmas and the warmth of Christmas and the memories <laughs> of Christmas and the magic of Christmas is supposed to fill me up and satisfy me in a way yeah. that I can't find other times of the year. So yeah. I guess my question is, for us, Eve, me and you, and ultimately to our listeners too, is just where are you tempted to search for satisfaction during the holidays? Because I think when we name what it is that we're trying to find satisfaction in, it'll help us recognize how maybe we're going to lesser things and not going to Christ himself. And we're hoping that something in the Christmas season will do the job that only a savior can do. 
do we have to answer this question? (laughs) Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. I think places that I'm tempted to search for satisfaction. I mean, I think I've shared this previously on the podcast, but I have to really be careful because it's easy for my heart to idolize efficiency Mm -hmm. and wanting to just like click through the list, get to the next Mm -hmm. thing, say that I accomplished all the tasks, feel good about doing it. And I think that that really applies to this season too, where it's like, okay, we made the cookies. We, you know, all of the things we just talked about, like I am really tempted to find satisfaction in the completion of my own expectation. Um, We went to the Christmas concert at church. We took cookies to our neighbors. I sent out Christmas cards. You know, if I can tick all those things off, then it was a quote unquote successful Christmas season. I've done all the things when I very much may not have worshiped at all. You know, I very much may not have thought about the significance and felt the joy in my heart Mm -hmm. from remembering that Christ came for us. So I think mine is similar, but it's a, it's a different facet of that in that as a working mom and you're a working mom as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I work a few more obligated to work a few more hours than I'm only um, part-time. Yes. And (laughs) I I think I'm very, very full-time right now in my season. And there's a temptation for me as a working mom to feel guilty and condemned very Mm. easily. No one's saying that to me. My kids aren't saying it to me. Nobody's like, wow, you are doing such a terrible job as a mama. It's just that in my heart, sometimes I'll struggle, especially when I'm tired with thinking, oh, am I missing something? Or are they not getting the best? Or, um, and so then I try to find my satisfaction by just like you're describing somehow thinking that if I could get rid of the feelings of like, I'm not doing it good enough. If I could just feel like I'm doing great job, then I won't have to hurt. Like, but the truth is, um, condemnation and shame is never meant to be part of the equation because if I'm obedient to Christ and he's providing for those things, and if I'm not in sin, then I can really rest in saying, um, there's grace for every season and absolutely, I don't need to hold self-condemnation or self-sense of like, oh, I'm not doing it good enough. And so on the flip side, I don't need to make myself feel better or filled up by somehow like ridding myself. Like somehow I have this image of like, in the same way that we know that it is completely ridiculous to imagine that we can clean ourselves up with a sponge and like scrub, 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 and be good enough for Jesus. In the same way, I can't scrub myself to be good enough for the Christmas season. Like, oh, I now am the mom who can do it all. Well, I can't. I'm the Hallmark, I'm the Hallmark mom. You know, right? And so I think, I think where I'm, um, so to answer my own question, I guess it's, it's not that I'm trying to find satisfaction. I don't think I struggle as much with finding satisfaction in, I used to, but not so much in gifts or decor mm-hmm. or even certain menu items. I, I remember a season <laughs> when I felt like my satisfaction came from like whether Troy read my mind and knew what kind of gift I wanted. That's not really my current season. My current season is that I need to not find my satisfaction in being a mom that feels like I've done it all right, all the things. Yeah. And so it really is describing some similarly to what you're saying, maybe just yeah. from a different angle, you know? Yeah. 
Well, if you've listened to the podcast for very long, you know that typically we like to end with a couple of questions for each other and for you to think about too. So the first one is, what is the gospel truth kind of underlying this conversation and why does it matter? The second one is, what's one small thing that we can do, like tangibly actually do, um, to change the trajectory of our posture and our heart um, for this season? So. Gospel truth and why it matters. Ruth, what do you think? We've already talked about it a little bit. Yeah, I think the gospel truth is that the very celebration of the Christmas season is that Christ came to fulfill and to do what we could not do for ourselves. And so yeah. any any trying to achieve happiness or joy or satisfaction or fulfillment, even in the Christmas season is going to come up short. And so the gospel truth is that Jesus is our only hope. Yeah. Right now, at the start <laughs> of the Christmas craziness, or always and always, yeah. all throughout the year, January 10, 11, 12, June 6, <laughs> whatever date it, it is for you that you think, huh, I'm so far from the Christmas season right now. Um, no, that's the gospel truth and why it matters is that um, – we're called to, we're given the hope of Christ that we might worship and walk with him all the time. And our posture is that of worship, not trying yeah. to fill ourselves up or find fulfillment um, in anything else besides him. Yeah. I love that. When I think about my own one small thing, I feel like there's a lot that I could take even from our conversation today as I think about it. But I think that one thing that will help me really direct my heart posture for the Advent season is to take some time right now and think about like, what's literally one thing that I can do that's going to infuse hmm. the joy related to Christ's birth mm -hmm. into our family conversation. So off the top of my head, I don't have like an immediate idea for that, but I really want to think about it and then focus on the one thing. We say this one small thing because mm -hmm. life changes one decision at a time, right? So I'm not like going to overhaul, like I'm going to write my own curriculum for my family to work through <laughs> and like talk about Jesus every Like, no, we're not doing any of that. One small thing. So yeah, whether we pick one story to read through. I don't know. I, I want to think about just that. Even having like the, I mean, whether you use the preparing room cards or Emmanuel or not, yeah. maybe just asking a question or a prompt yeah. and say like, Hey fam, throughout December, every time we sit at the kitchen table, whether it's for breakfast or dinner or whenever we're together on a weekend, um, I'm, we're going to, we're going to ask each other a question and this question yeah. will help us think about the season and think about Christ and think about what we're celebrating. And maybe that's just one small thing, just have yeah. those questions. And I do think those questions can be from the resources we've already created, or you can yeah. make your own for the fam. But I think that's a really simple one small thing that can start, right? Yes. Um, my one simple. small thing sounds kind of like, I mean, I don't I know. I can't wait. I don't know. <laughs> Are you like, I can't wait I'm to hear. on the what? edge of my seat. What are you going to say? Oh, I actually think my one small thing is that I'm going to I'm going to tell my boys that I struggle sometimes mm. with feeling like I'm not a good mom. I think that's a good yeah. place for me to start. Yeah. They always tell me I'm a great mom and I actually <laughs> don't think that there's some horrible thing that's going on. 
it's that seasons are changing and they don't need me quite as much. And two of them are out of the house. And I think if I verbalize, if I just confess and then say, I don't want to worship what you think of me. I want to worship Jesus. So I'm going to confess and tell you right now that I struggle with, because I think if I can admit that out loud to them, then I don't need to be passive aggressive about the things that I say throughout that, you know, like, don't you know, I'm trying to create a beautiful experience. Everybody (laughs) clean the house or whatever it is that we sometimes say, because our hearts are fearful. Like everything, everything that ever causes me to sin is usually because I'm fearful about something. So admitting that fear actually is one small thing that really helps for me. I love that. Was that that opening up a can Hopefully not. (laughs) No, I think it's a good place to start. Friends, we are so grateful that you decided to tune in today. And we can't wait to keep this conversation going for the next few weeks. If you haven't already, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on whatever platform you listen to. If you want to help other people find out about us, you could leave a review. We'd be so appreciative. 